you know, when I used to rap, uh, I would do all sorts of venues, like some really obscure places, like out in the backwoods. A lot of bar and grills. We would call those bar and grill shows. And 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 comedians, this applies for the, to them as well. But when I was doing music, we would have like these caravans uh, of of rappers who would come out from the boonies or to the boonies from the city. And a lot of like the the, the locals would kind of come to these shows. And it was a lot of uh, Canadian rap is comprised of gangsters from the city and then a bunch of hosers from the country. And all they rap about is rolling joints, propane, and how they just caught a muskie. That's a uh, a pretty versatile uh, assortment of subject matter to choose from right there. But uh, it would be like this weird mix of both these kinds of rappers. And then there would be me, this, this suburban spaz. I would be dressed in a jean jacket, all denim. I could have been the Denim King. That could have been my rap name. Instead, I just went as Alex DeWitt because, you know, uh, dare to be eccentric and antisocial. But uh, we would do a lot of those weird places. And there'd always be a cop <laughs> at the back of the parking lot of the venue, wherever we went and into these like small towns. And I guess I guess they'd get word, word that there were like rappers that were coming to town. They'd be like, oh, okay, well, we'll hide the women, you know. And they would all rush, you know, like like one or two cars would be. And for all I know, these were the only cops that were in the fucking town. But they would just be sitting at the back of the parking lot. And I remember just always getting really nervous that they would get me. So I'd always wait for everybody else to uh, to leave, right, uh, first before me. And then I would make my break for it as soon as they were getting pulled over, Uh yeah, a lot of people would get drunk driving charges. Not me though, not because I was drinking, but just because, you know, I was uh I was pretty discreet and uh I knew my exits. We we would do a lot of really weird venues, man. But there were the ones in the country like the bar and grills where the security guard would be a guy sometimes. Um at best his tooth was would be missing. At worst he would have an ear that had been sliced off or at least half of it that would be missing. And he would never exactly tell you how he lost it. It was just his little secret, and he would leave you to guess, I suppose. But it was a lot of weird shit like that. A lot of weird folks. Like, I've said this before on this podcast. Show business is an odyssey, people. Show business is an odyssey where you you get into it to just have fun hopefully you fucking you 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 go hopefully you go the distance in whatever 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 facet of the industry that may be hopefully you go you get what you want out of it, it it's it's often not going to be what you wanted initially but hopefully you get something out of it and you can you can live looking back and going you know I love doing that I enjoyed that I enjoy my craft and I appreciate those years in that industry. But holy shit, it's a lot of navigating the crazies. It's a lot of navigating the crazies. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what shady promoter it is. It doesn't matter what crazy audience members throwing bottles, heckling you, whatever the fuck it is. You just, it is an odyssey of weird characters. You're performing for people you never would have imagined meeting in your life. You're in, in venues 
you never would have imagined playing in, in towns you didn't even know existed. I'm like, I, I heard this town was blown off the map after the nuclear testing facility exploded. Why are people still living here? That's why that guy's ears fucked up. Really weird places. Perhaps the most peculiar place that I ever wrapped in was not a barn grill out in the sticks, all right? With toothless banjo, monster drinking, fuck sticks. It was a strip club in Etobicoke, which is now gone. I forget the name of it, but the event was called Fire and Ice, and they had multiple Fire and Ice shows at this place. There was Fire and Ice 1, Fire and Ice 2, and so on and so forth. And uh, I believe I was Fire and Ice 2. I performed there in the dead of winter. I remember it was, it was about a week out from Christmas and there was this girl that I was seeing at the time. Uh, she's an artist now. I, I haven't really seen her lately. We keep in touch on the book, but, um, or on social media. I'm not on the book anymore, but she was there. My buddy Max Ross was there, another comic. And uh, I was about 22 years old. This was 2013, tail end of 2013, dead of winter. And this place isn't there anymore. It's uh, down the street on Evans Avenue, uh, adjacent to Sherway Gardens, about a five-minute drive outside of there. And the strip club, it's no longer, it's, it's as I said, it's gone. But the building is, is now a fucking hardware store, which would have been a perfect name for the strip club, the hardware store. Okay? I mean, the patrons are primarily people in the construction industry, I know from experience, and the people working there are people who are under construction. That's that's what it is, essentially. But it's a hardware store, and it's like, I don't know how you make that transition from strip club to a place that sells, what, nails? Hammers? It's like, how do you do that? How do you show a new employee around that place? Yeah, this is the hardware store. It used to be a strip club. Yeah, we sell planks of wood over here. For some reason, we can't get uh, out the aroma of, um, of uh, blood, tears, vomit, coke, and despair. It's this weird uh, a mix in there. And uh, But anyways, really, really sturdy planks. Um, make sure you, you upsell. Uh, we want to get our money's worth out of this place before someone throws a Molotov cocktail through the front window. Yeah, it was a wild place. But I remember dead of winter, snowstorm, and we get there. And um, I remember I performed two songs. That was the uh, the thing, two songs. And uh, this stripper got up on stage and started twerking to my music. And I was, I, it felt wonderful. She was a robust uh, lady, um, and uh, and you know what? It was one of these things that was new to me. I was this, uh, you know, introverted little twerp, suburban. I've mentioned that several times. I need to come up with new material, but I, I was I was out of my element, so to speak. And I was with a bunch of these gangster rappers, with a couple rappers from the country. They'd come down. They were getting a taste of the city, and this was it. Bam. Strip club in uh, arguably one of the grungiest places in the city, the uh, the Etobicoke. And I remember we were there, and uh, I think a couple guys filmed a music video. They did something, but I, I performed. 
And uh, we were there until like fucking like two in the morning, finally, like till the place was closing. It was so funny because at the end of the night, I guess the manager, the uh, the lady who was like taking tickets and like the coat, like the, who ran the coat rack and like took everybody's money and took whatever, like for for uh, for cover, uh, the manager would let her get up onto the stage naked and then fucking, you know, like not fully naked, but, you know, twerk around on the the pole. All right. She would work the pole or whatever. And it was funny. Like the DJ would like play music and shit like that. It was just like this weird, it was this weird moment. But anyways, we were all leaving. And I remember there was this snowstorm. Um, like nobody can move. Nobody could move their cars. Everybody was kind of snowed in, but we were going to leave anyways. Cause there, there was this fight that was breaking out between two rappers and one of the security guards out on the front. And it turns out that these guys had a booth and they had bottle service and the rappers refused to fucking tip. See, that is the nature of rappers if they haven't gotten a deal, okay? So musicians who want to go independent, just remember that this is the life that you're flirting with. You want to get that check. You want to sell out. You want to sell your soul. You, 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 you want to give up all integrity for the bag, everybody. You, you need that. I feel very cringy saying the bag, but whatever. I'm trying to, I'm trying to integrate with, with culture. Everybody fuck off. Anyways, this fight was happening. We couldn't go through the doors because they were getting it was getting heated. So another security guard said, "Go around the back. Go around the very back because the cops are coming in a minute. Um, we don't want this to escalate or anything." So the police came, and I remember just as we sneak around back, I still vividly remember us getting into my buddy Max's car. Me and this girl I'm seeing, her friend, and uh, the, the, just the four of us, and. I still remember vividly the cars can't get through. There's the snowbank now that's accumulated um, over like the entrance to the parking lot, to the strip club. And they can't get through it. So I still remember this image. It's just etched in my memory of uh, one cop behind the wheel and the other cop pushing the car over the snowbank. And then another cop car rolled up and followed suit. Something's up, podcast, everybody. Get me on Instagram. Get me on Twitter. Add me on TikTok. I've, uh, again, sold my soul to get on TikTok. Everyone. Dark it is.